Well, hello there, Brian. Um, thanks for coming on the This Day in Metal podcast today. Um, yeah, man, my pleasure. Awesome. Um, so I see that Metal Blades is celebrating 40 years this year. Is that correct? Very strangely enough, that is correct. 40 wow. years. That's crazy, man. So um, do you ever see an end in the site for, for Metal Blade? Like, do you do you want to venture out in, onto other things, or you just want to, like, go out with doing Metal Blades? Or what yeah, are you I, I, that? yeah, I don't really have any, any uh, plans to do anything else, really. Um, well, you know, one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to sell the company. Uh, you know, we have a secession plan, should anything ever happen to me. Hopefully that, not for a long time. That's what I was trying to get at if you had someone to... Yeah, I, I think, you know, because the one thing about, and you know, I mean, I, I think there's only us and Epitaph are really the only two independent rock labels really left. There might, there's a few others, but, uh, you know, I, all my friends that have sold their labels have regretted it, you know, almost at the beginning because it just it gets absorbed into some bigger company and, you know, you lose the legacy. And, you know, I would exactly. love to, to see this thing, you know, last, you know, beyond even my lifetime and, uh, so that's the plan. I don't have any plans to do anything else at this point. So I'm still having fun doing it. So there's no reason to, to do exactly. it. I mean, I do other things, but this is, you know, priority number one, of course. Exactly. So I see that you have written a book. It's called For the Sake of uh, uh, Heaviness. Uh, what made you decide to write a book at this time in your life? So this goes back to our 35th anniversary, which now is five years ago, which is kind of ridiculous. And, you know, every year, you know, every one of these, you know, five year periods, you know, people want to celebrate it and stuff. And we always try to do something different. And I've been offered to do books for quite a, a long time. And I thought, you know, maybe it's the right time while I'm still semi coherent to, uh, you know, tell the, the story of, of Metal Blade. So, you know, that's pretty much what I went out and did. And it was uh, actually a really fun experience. It was a lot of work, but it was super fun to do. And, and I've, I've honestly been completely overwhelmed by the reaction. It's been you know, almost universally positive, and you know, it was you know number one on Amazon for a long time, and all these crazy things did much better than I or even BMG, our our publisher, thought it was going to do. So, uh, so it's fun. I've actually written a second book. Oh, really? Uh, which I did started prior to the pandemic and finished it during the pandemic. Uh, it's just really more stories because the one thing that I got a lot of feedback from the first book was number one, it was too short, but I didn't want to, you know, bore anybody and make it too long. And right. two, people wanted more stories on some of the smaller bands. So I tried to talk a lot about, a lot more about that stuff, but because of the pandemic and because of paper issues and all this sort of stuff, it's not coming out until uh, early 2023. Okay. Well, that'd be interesting. I haven't read the first one. I'm just so looking forward to reading it. I'm actually probably going to go out and buy it tomorrow. Cause I'm so of, uh, I love the history, you know, uh, this day in metal, so I love everything about the history of metal and, and especially Metal Blade. I think what you're doing is awesome. So, well, Hopefully you enjoy it. Yes, hopefully I do. So which uh, upcoming acts on Metal Blade are you excited about listening to right now? Like, Is there something that sticks out, um, a band that's catching your eye? Or... You know, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff that, you know, I've kind of been surprised lately at how – there's so many good new bands coming out and, you know, we, we try not to sign, you know, we got to keep it 
to a limit, obviously, but it seems like every other day we're getting something really cool. And there's uh, there's a new band we kind of, we signed called 200 Stab Wounds. It's really cool. Okay. It's a little bit. It's like it's not different, but it's a, it's a little bit different from you know everything else we do, and just which was good because we want to do things different and we, we want to have bands that are unique and different. And there's another really cool band called Ingested that we just signed that. Uh, it's really cool, and they're like a really, they're really heavy, but they're a young, up-and-coming band that has a huge buzz on them. And they, you know, the good thing about both of those bands, and there's a third band called Capra, okay, that we really like a lot too. That that already has a release out, and they're actually on the road now, which is scary these days, but they're doing mm-hmm. it. And you know, all three of those bands have have you know booking agents and managers, and they have kind of a team in place, which you really need to have this day and age. So pretty excited about those three. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I, I get excited about everything on Metal Boy, but those are three that we're, we have high hopes for. Yeah, that's good. Cause I'm um, now I'm going to check those bands out and see how they sound. So thanks good. for uh, mentioning them. Of course. Uh, do you ever regret not signing a band that you could have? Was there any, any band in particular? Yeah. I mean, look, there's a couple, there, I talk about it in the book too. There, there's a couple and I wouldn't say I regretted it. It's just, it was, it, it was missed opportunities. I mean, obviously the first biggest one would be Metallica, which, you know, if I had any money back in the day, <laughs> we clearly would have been able to put out the first record, but none of us had any money. So, but yeah. they've done okay. And, you know, they've been super nice to me over the years. In fact, I've seen them tomorrow night here in Vegas. So, uh, oh, nice. That's so that'd be fun. And then they were part and part. Well, we'll talk about the, the metal master a little bit later, but, okay. but they've always been good to that sort of stuff. So that was one. Really, the only other two that I kind of that I kind of messed up on were was Guns N' Roses because when they were around town in L.A., everybody said you got to go see him, you got to go see him, and I, I was not a glam metal fan at all. At all, I thought they were a glam metal band being right. dumb. And then, of course, Appetite for Destruction comes out. And I go, oh my gosh, this record is incredible. <laughs> and we actually ended up doing a lot of marketing and promotion for that record because that was back in the days when the major labels didn't have a lot of underground people doing stuff. So we did a lot of that stuff. We did GNR, we did uh, Nirvana, we did uh, Fade No More, Alice in Chains, a lot of stuff like that. So so we did it with with guns. And then I remember the first the first night I met them, uh, they were managed at the time by a really good friend of mine who worked at our distributor for a long time, a guy named Alan Niven. Right. So there was a seventh son of his seventh son Iron Maiden party in Hollywood. And uh, I first met met Slash and I met Axel later on. And towards the end of the evening, Slash and I, this is when he was still imbibing a bit. You know, we had been drinking a, a little bit of adult right. beverages that evening. And so towards the end of the night, he goes, he goes, how come you never came to see us? Back in the day, and I said I thought you guys were a glam band, and I just wasn't interested. Like, okay, people thought that because they clearly weren't. But uh, so that was one, and then the other one was uh, Pantera, who, who I'd known before because I, I used to do a radio show down in Dallas, and and when they were the the pre the pre fill Pantera, they call it all the time, and I talked to them, super nice guys, and they were managed by Concrete Management, who are extremely good friends of mine. In fact, our New York office was was with their office in New York. Oh, and they came to me and said, hey, we know this Pantera record called Cowboys from Hell that we have done and we're shopping it around. And the price tag was fairly high. This is when we were working at Warner Brothers, so we had a little bit more money to play around with. But I just thought it was a little too much. And so we ended up not doing it. That was probably a very bad decision on my part because uh, the record did pretty well. And maybe a little bit. That, I mean, it was, it was going to do well whether it was on us or not. But those are a couple that's like, ah, oh, well. But – you know, we've had a great career and we're a lot of great bands, so I really can't complain. And a lot of that's in the book, then. So what happened? All that stuff's in the book, yeah. Okay, I'm definitely gonna read that now. So. I right, yeah. And, and I think more in depth. 
there might be one more band that I think you know, you would regret not signing. Um, an LA band named uh, MC. Do you does that ring a bell at all? Molly oh, Crew. Molly Crew. Yeah. yeah, well, that was a that was a funny one because you know I did I did a ton of promotion for them. They were all over my fanzine, and right. I knew the guys. I I promoted shows from them, and this is also in the book. Feel like promoting the book here, but so there, you know, when when they they made they made a record, and their managers who I knew really well, these two guys, Kaufman and Kaufman, they came to my mom's house out on my mom's couch. And so we have 900 Motley Cruise albums that we made up. What do we do with them? I said, oh, take them to my friends at Green World, this distributor here, and they'll help you out. And they did. I actually wrote the first ever article, or well, me and my, my friend John Cornerans, along with Sylvie Simmons, who wrote for Sounds magazine in the UK at the time. We wrote the first ever article on Motley Crue that, that appeared in, in the UK, which got blew them up. And then the history of us. I didn't, didn't even know about They blew them up. They were actually supposed to be on the on the first Metal Masker album, but they got so big that it just didn't make any sense. So, yeah, so there you go. That's too bad, though. But ragged on that. If I knew then what I knew now, right? Yeah, if you only had a... Exactly. So, but one band that I thought was kind of weird that you had on the record label was uh, the Goo, Goo Goo Dolls. How did that go about? Like, well, so here's the the, the funny story of the Goo Goo Dolls. So they came from Buffalo, New York, and and Mike Faley, who works at Metal Blade, came from Buffalo, so he had a lot of connections there. Right. And signed both Cannibal Corpse and the Goo Goo Dolls from from Buffalo. So the Goo Goo Dolls, when they first started out, were they were a punk rock band. They're a totally punk rock band. In fact, they opened for Cannibal Corpse twice in Buffalo and wow, did and pretty well. So we had a punk rock label that had, you know, DRI and COC and Dr. No and all these bands. So we were looking to sign sign punk rock bands. And one of our guys uh, who's who's still around these days, uh, William Howell, DJ Will, mm-hmm. he found them and along with Mike Faley and, and said, hey, you know, what do you think about this band? I said, I think they're great, super great punk rock band. So we signed them and, you know, worked with them for years. And all of a sudden, you know, they kept getting bigger and bigger, and we felt that, you know, this is a band that might be able to do something. They're still, you know, a rock band. They said it. I, I was listening to one of the records, actually, the other day, because they, they were playing some of the early stuff on Monday Night Football, of all things. Oh, wow. And I went back and listened to some of the early stuff. It sounds so much like the Foo Fighters, like almost exactly like the Foo Fighters. Really? And then all what happens, we put out a record, and there's a ballad on the record, and the guy from K-Rock in L.A., who's a you know, big-time radio station, plays it. Next thing, the record blows up on a ballad, and they mm-hmm. become kind of a ballad band. And, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. But I'm happy for those guys. And it just people always ask me, what were the Goo Dolls doing on Metal Blade? Well, they, they started – listen to the early stuff. They're punk. They're a really cool punk rock band. Uh, I now I'm not, so now I got to check that out too. Somewhere. All right, good, good. Uh, you have you have homework to do now. I like it. Exactly. So I had a question about uh, do, when it comes to the bands and like what their input is on a record and stuff. Do you give them the creative ability to do whatever they want, or like do they come back to you with the final? Oh, 100 percent, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, we, you know, I've always had the philosophy of letting the bands do, do and say whatever they want. It's not my yeah. It's not my job to, to dictate what their art should be. That being said, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll offer, you know, criticisms like, hey, you know, we'll talk about different producers that we think would be right. Uh, you know, I'll hear demos and things like, yeah, that song's great. Maybe not this song as much. And, and I do probably more than anything else what I, I do end up doing and not as much anymore because there's so many great producers out there now. And most of these records sound great. But I do like to hear the records before they come out just to make sure the mix is good because Right. Yeah, I was in the studio a long time, and I, I approve all that stuff, but it's really minimal. I mean, I, we don't tell the bands what to do or say. That's that's their thing. And I always, I never understood back. This is not so much now, but back in the certainly in the 80s, 
where mm-hmm. bands would sign, I mean, labels would sign bands and then try to change them. So, well, did you sign the band because of what they were? Why are you trying to get them to be something else? I never understood that. So we let the bands do and say and be whoever they want to be. That's awesome because I, I, yeah, I never understood that. Like, um, some of the bands there back, they were trying to talk, to be alternative and stuff. It's like, no, just stick to what you you love or like. And, and exactly. 100%. If you fail, then you fail through that. And yeah, I never understood that one. So speaking, this is not Metal Blade related, but um, are you excited about any other bands coming out and uh, or new albums coming out from a band that you? Yeah, there, there's a few. So what I've noticed, so, so another band that, that I actually missed out on was Volbeat. Okay. Uh, one of my good friends, when they were taping, showing around their demo tape, sent it to me. And I thought it was great, but nobody else at the label wanted to do it. So they ended up obviously not being with us. But their new record is really great. Uh, one of my good friends is Chris Santos, who's a celebrity chef on Chopped, and but he's like a big time metal guy. He texted me one day and said, "Hey, have you heard the new Volbeat record?" I said, "Yeah, I heard the one song that came out. It was, it was, you know, it was all right." I said, "No, the record's really heavy." So I listened to the new Volbeat record. It's super heavy. Uh, and we've, I think this is all part of, you know, the whole pandemic COVID stuff where people are, you know, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. They're all angry. Like the Volbeat record is angry. The Foo Fighters made a death metal record. So I'm, I've only heard the one song, so I'm excited to hear the rest of that. And I also got a big Muse fan, and they've kind of the last few years have kind of, you know, gone not on the heavy path as much. And their new song is super heavy. And I was talking to uh, my friends at Q Prime who manage them and, Manage Volbeat and Metallica and everybody else. And they said, yeah, the record's going to be a lot heavier. So I'm looking forward to that too. I, I think that it's going to be interesting because it just seems like everybody's making heavier records now, no matter who they are. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious to see how this goes out. Cause if you would have told me, like, I like Volbeat a lot, but I'm not going to sit and listen to their records over and over and over again, honestly. Right. This new record, that's all I do. Like, <laughs> I listen to it almost every day now. It's crazy. Yeah. I, um, the Foo Fighters, I think they have a movie coming out tomorrow too. I think. Yeah, there's a, there's a movie that I guess a bunch of friends of mine have seen that actually said it's pretty good. Those you know horror movies can be, you never know, but they said it's actually pretty good. And then I heard that, I heard the whole record's a death metal record. I heard that first song. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like a real death metal song. Or that, that was really good. So. Yeah, I know Grohl's a big fan of that stuff, so it it it's not out of out of his realm. So, but I like that they're doing it. Okay. So I have one more question, and I'm going, we're going to do a trivia test after to test your uh, metal knowledge. So, uh, so obviously, uh, you're a big hockey fan. So am I. Um, I like my Maple Leafs. So I think you're a Vegas Knights fan. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm a I'm a hockey fan. I mean, the Knights are are the hometown team, so you know I I, I go to all the ga- as many games as I can and that sort of stuff. But uh, but I don't really I ne- don't necessarily really have a favorite team necessarily. I have a lot of teams I like, including Toronto. Oh, that's that's good. So, um, who's your favorite hockey player then of uh, all time? Like, I'm sure everybody says Gretzky, but who's your favorite? Well, no, I'll give you. So, I'm gonna give you all time, and I give you give you present day. Okay. My favorite hockey player of all time is Mario Lemieux. So, oh. I'm a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Uh, people always ask me that, why are you you from LA? Why are you a Penguins fan? So. When I was a little kid, like, you know, six or seven or whatever, I was, I was obsessed with Penguins. Right. When I found out there was a hockey team named the Penguins, I'm like, oh, they're my team. So they've kind of been my team over all these years. And then uh, Lemieux came and Yager came. And I think Lemieux is the greatest player to ever play. And even Gretzky said that if he would have been healthy, he would have mm-hmm. broke all my records. So I say Lemieux. But my current favorite player, which you will appreciate, I'm sure, pretty immensely, is Austin Matthews. Yes, yes, yes. Because uh, I like – 
Besides, I don't like the fact that he's good friends with Justin Bieber. That doesn't help here. But yeah. a lot of these hockey, a lot of these hockey guys are not metal guys. There's a few that are, but not a lot. There is some. I, I actually is a measure quite a few. But I, but I love his I love his game. Number one, he's you know he, he plays 200 feet. Obviously, he's, a, he's probably the best goal scorer in the league right now. No you know no offense, Ovi. Um, and you know he. I just love the way he plays. He's a creative guy. He came from Scottsdale, Arizona, which I love. And he kind of has a whole – his whole trajectory is so different than almost any other player. And I just I – just, from day one, I just loved his game. I saw him play uh, – I saw him play the World Juniors. And I saw him play, you know, on video from uh, uh, Switzerland where he played. And I just thought, man, this kid is going to be good. And then four goals in his first game. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. this is good. I like it. So there you go. Player. <laughs> I think he's leading the league in scoring, if I'm not – or not scoring. Tonight, he had two goals tonight, so he passed uh, Dreisaitl to be number one in, in goals. So if I ever come down to Las Vegas or you ever come up here to Toronto, let's go to a game together. We'll have a good time. And A million percent, yeah. I'm, I'm, I so miss Toronto. Toronto's one of my favorite cities in the world, and I, I haven't been there now for, oh, gosh – Trying to remember, obviously, with you know, we've lost two years, so mm-hmm. uh, I think the, the I do remember now. The last time I was there was when Iron Maiden played there, we made two shows at the outdoor amphitheater. So that was the last time I was in Toronto. So it's three, three and a half, yeah, about three and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah, but I would, I would love to. I, I love going to Maple Leafs games up there, and that team is so much fun. Awesome. Um, I, I wasn't going to ask you this question, but I have. I was going to ask you what your thoughts are about the, the Rock Hall. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, uh yeah. Do you um, have anything to? Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's you know, for years we've all been pretty pretty critical of of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it wasn't really very rock and roll. You know, right. once Metallica got in, and now you know a lot of other rock bands are getting in, and once you get in, you have a say. Exactly. And they've actually, I will give them credit. They've reached out to more rock people about getting getting bands in. I, I think the the current, the last couple of years have been better. A lot of bands that I felt should have been in a long time ago, like, you know, Cheap Trick or the Go-Go's and you know, obviously Deep Purple. You know, all these bands are slowly getting in. You know, Priest is on the ballot now. Mm. It's getting there. Um, you know, I hope long term all these bands, all these rock and metal bands that should be in there will eventually get in. But, you know, it's it's the music business. It's a lot of politics. So uh, I, get I, think, it. I think the major bands like, you know, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, I think they'll get in, but it just takes time. Like, there's so many other, it's, because the Rock House started later, it didn't, wasn't formed until, you know, whatever year it was, and then it had to go backtrack and fill all these other old, you know, um, bands and stuff in there, but yeah, I think Priest and Iron Maiden will eventually get into it. Yeah, I think there's enough people voting now and enough bands that are voting that it kind of tw- t- turns the tide. And they also do now, you know, do do the fan voting and they actually actually does take into account some of it. So I used to be pretty critical of Rock Hall. I still think it's I mean, Iron Maid is my favorite band of all time. The fact that they're not in is is like blows my mind. They yeah. don't care, by the way. They, I've talked to Smallwood and they like we uh-huh. you know, screw that. We don't we won't even show up. We don't care. So. <laughs> Uh, which I love that attitude too. <laughs> we got a metal hall of fame, I think, in the where's it, Las Vegas or, or or Los Angeles. Well, there's a there's a couple of them. There's the there's the heavy metal hall of fame, which uh, they do every year at NAM, which uh, I'm very nice. They very nicely put me in there the first year and, and metal boy. That's I guess the uh, there's a couple other ones. I think there's like one in San Antonio or someplace. But yeah, I think I've been contacted by from that guy before. Yeah, you? there's a couple, but the the main one that like said so they do it Nam and that's you know it's not super big. There's no physical 
place for it or anything yet, but we're hopeful. We're actually, um, as part of our 40th anniversary, we're opening a metal blade uh, museum. Yeah, I think I read. I think I seen it online. There, so, yeah. Yeah, that that was my my when for four months of COVID there was nothing happening, everything shut down. That was my my thing as I I put this whole thing together. I actually put it together at a house out here just oh because we had all this cool stuff, and I was like, oh, I'll just take some people around there. And then people like Charlie Benante and other people would come and they go, can we take pictures and post it? I go, I don't care. So I took started taking pictures and posting on social media. Everybody's freaking out about it. It's like, oh well. It's a house. I don't really think we can have people come over there, but maybe we could actually do a real one. So we have it. It's been sitting there for, you know, a year and a half. But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get through this mess and uh, we'll start uh, getting real people in there. Yeah, that'd be interesting to go there. I'd love to would love to visit it. So anyways, I'm down to the final thing. I have five questions now. The thing is, if you get four of them right, I'm going to send you personally send you one of my this day metal coffee mugs. So. No, nice. A little bit more added pressure onto you. Trivia. I'm terrible at this. I'll 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 I'll, I'll preface that. So, <laughs> um, the funny thing is, all this is related to February 24th, which is, well, technically it's 12, 12 past 12 here in in Toronto, but it's all February 24th, and they're all metal blade records. Um, yeah, you're gonna make me look bad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Uh, this band. On February 24th, 1998, released the Unforgiven 2. Oh, that's Metallica. Yes. I wish I had a bell here to to ring. But, um, this was released on February 24th, 2017. The album was released by Six Feet Under. Oh, geez. They've put out so many records now. It's 2017. So that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thirteen. I don't think that's right. Why didn't Why didn't I write that down? <laughs> I will have to double check on that for you. But you yeah, can... I'm probably wrong. That's one of the ones where they, they've got so many records. Out, so I was like, I can't even keep them all, all straight. Yeah, they, they have a ton. I'm crazy. So on February twenty fourth, two thousand four, this album was released by Cannibal Corpse. 2004. Uh, ooh, see, like, thanks for another band that's got a lot of records out. Uh, 2004. Torture? Wrong. Or Vile? Wrong. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> I told a, you you're going to make it look bad. You're, uh, you're two for three. I got to double check on that one. Um, release February 24th, 1998. This album by King Diamond had a guest solo by Don Bag Daryl on it. Voodoo. Correct. That's three for four. We're down to the last one. Right, well, at, uh, least um, I got, at least I got more than 50%. That's not bad. That's good. That's good. So on February 24th, 2003, this play, bass player joined Metallica. Oh, Jason Newstead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Robert Trujillo. Correct. I was, I was like, wait a minute. That can't be. I was thinking Newstead for a second. I was like, no, that was like 86. Yeah, you did good, wow. and I'll send you a this day metal mug. Oh, right, thanks. I didn't I didn't embarrass myself too bad. No, you did pretty good. I, yeah, so we started like doing some trivia stuff and try to get on this day of metal, which is yeah, it's cr- it's crazy that Trujillo's been in the band for for that long. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, get, I get to see them tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to see them, 
after the show. And I, don't, I don't know if they're in bubbles or whatever they are these days, but yeah, they're playing here tomorrow, so it should be fun. Who, who's op- you know who's opening for them? Ice Nine Kills and Greta Van Fleet. Interesting. So, I actually like Greta Van Fleet, so I'm, I'm, and I've never seen them live, so I'm kind of kind of curious. I mean, it's a stadium show, so there's some. Led Zeppelin, right? Their their music. Is yeah, that. and I'm not a big Red Led Zeppelin fan, honestly, but I actually kind of like a lot of the stuff that Greta Van Fleet does. So we'll see. Okay, so thank you very much for coming on the podcast today, and good luck with your new book. And we'll stay in touch. And my care. pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah. You too.